Hello, and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, executive director at Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. How are we doing on this fine last gasp of August? Man, like August is is slipped away like a um, like a moment in time, like a bottle I was of wine. Right? Just thinking that it <laughs> slipped away like exactly those two things. Really? For me, mm-hmm. because I'm trying to get a massive, impossible project done. Every single day of my life is hell now. So oh. it's it's like it's felt like this has been the slowest, most generous like month of all time. So I don't know. It's just yeah. oozing away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, things that are oozing right up to us are the September iPhone event, which is what we are going to be talking about today. It hasn't happened yet. Don't freak out. Don't worry. It's still August. But we do have rumors to discuss. So we'll be discussing those rumors in advance of the iPhone event uh, as well as a recent piece that came out in Insider about the state of social media. Is it dead? Question mark. We'll be going over that. And our bonus, our boosties, our beloved subscribers who get a bonus segment and an ad-free show every week are getting a bonus segment this week on PC building because guess what? Brianna's building a PC again. And we have some very specific requirements that you mentioned in our our group chat that we're going to be mulling over how best to fulfill with your... uh, your, the new model of PC that you're going to go for. So if you want to learn more about how you can get access to those bonus segments, go to relay.fm slash membership uh, and find out how to sign up. And I we have a super fun time uh, with those segments every week. And we were thinking about releasing maybe as a bonus uh, one of those old segments for non-subscribers. So you can hear yeah. what we do maybe in the future. You can get a little taste of it and wet your palates as it will. But for now, only those of us, or you rather, <laughs> who have signed up at relay.fm slash membership are going to get access to our secret, our top secret PC building conversation. How does that sound? I love it. Ooh. Great. I mean, come on. Christina, like, designed me, like, the name of my PC that I'm on right now, the name is Harbinger, because it's just so overpowered and stupid and massive. Uh, But the problem is it sounds like a jet engine when I'm trying to record. (laughs) So I'm thinking about, uh, we'll talk about it on the show later, but I need your help again. You did a great job last time, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. I'm so excited. For sure. Well, you know what else I'm excited for? The Apple event. Let's get into Mm. it. The Apple event is happening on September 15th, and it is called Wonderlust. What are we expecting? Certainly the next generation of iPhones, the iPhone 15 and whatever falls under that umbrella. On top of that, uh, we're expecting maybe a little bit of Apple Watch news as well as release dates for iOS 17, which has been in beta, uh, as well as watchOS 10, and possibly news on iPadOS 17 and macOS Sonoma. One thing, speaking specifically of what we're expecting from the iPhones, one thing we're uh, wondering, wonderlusting about, <laughs> I'm still workshopping it, don't worry about it. One thing we're wonderlusting about is whether these new iPhones will all charge with USB-C. So Apple is bringing USB-C to its phones for the first time, but there are mixed reports at the moment on whether that port will be coming to every model of iPhone because Ming-Chi Kuo says it'll only be on the Pro and Pro Max. Other rumors say we're all going to get it. Speaking of the Pro and Pro Max, there's a rumor that the Max might get a name change and become the Ultra, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Um, Other rumors include uh, the Dynamic Island coming to all of the iPhones rather than just the 14 Pro and Pro Max, or rather than just the Pro and Pro Max models like on the iPhone 14. That is, of course, the fun pill-shaped cutout that changes and reacts to you uh, up at the top of the phone, replacing the notch. Other rumors, Pro and Pro Max, more expensive? Question mark. Uh, models the uh, Pro and Pro Max getting an action button similar to the Apple Watch Ultra in place of the sound toggle? Question mark. And possibly the worst rumor of all time, 
which I'm sure we'll yes. probably discuss extent. I think you know. Yes, uh, I, I know exactly where you're going. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Simone. Please, I, I, I love you for this, and you are correct. This is this is gutting. Please share. <laughs> they may be killing the gold colorway and replacing it with something no! called Titan Gray. No! Oh my God. So those are among the rumors that I have gathered for us to talk about. Um, let's knock the color question out right up top. So this this reporting is coming from 9to5Mac. The gold color could be dead. Long live Titan Gray. What oh. the? I'm moving my, my mic away from myself really quick. What the heck? Why? Why? No, genuinely. Why do you hate women, Apple? Genuinely. Why do you hate women? Misogyny in action. Can't we have anything beautiful in this world? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's bad enough they got rid of rose gold. Fine. I get it. Not everybody's into the pink. Whatever. But but gold, at least, we still had as an option. Now they're like, well, we'll have this titanium, which is basically white. Okay. No. No. <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And then if you're like, oh, well, you can just get the like lesser phone if you want to get a color you like genuinely do you not understand that as women we will pay more and we frequently do just to get things in the color we want i will pay more Mm -hmm. but i want the same freaking specs like this is me off i will pay more i will pay a premium but i will not get a lesser phone so no if they get rid of the gold i'm obviously going to be very upset (sighs) <sighs> they have blue. They have that boring, like navy blue, and it's just like no, it's no. purple. It was purple. No, it's purple this year. But uh, the the rumors I've seen has this like really dark blue. Is that not yeah. one of the rumors? Yeah, and 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 look, in past years they've had one, you know, rotating color, which is fine. Like um, uh, this year it was purple. Last year it was that baby blue color. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was the year before that. It was also like a, a dark color. That's fine if you want to rotate with that, but at least keep the standards the same. You know, your black, your gray, your your, your, your gray, gold. silver. I'm gold. just so. Why do we need two like gray colors? It's what doesn't. I agree. Make it makes sense, Absolutely. Christina. Ah, it doesn't make sense. Your question is correct, Bree. Make it make sense. Why? Why? Uh, I I don't understand. I. A rotate. I like. I, I've said goodbye to so many iPhone colors that I love. As you said, Christina, Same. the rose gold. There was the beautiful, <sighs> beautiful yellow, which oh, I don't. That yellow I, was that's wonderful. Still, the phone that I have. I love a I yellow love that phone. Yellow, if they yes. brought out a yellow phone, I would buy it instantly. And that's why the gold is so close to my heart. Yeah. And you're gonna say people are gonna say whatever. It'll be covered by a. Ca- I don't care if there's a exactly. case. I want a gold phone. Also, also, I pay for Apple Care Plus in part so that like so I don't have naked. to always have a case. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. at this yeah. point I do because because my clear case, you know, gets like you know ugly or or or, or you know cloudy looking. Even the Apple one, and and it's bulky. And I'm like, look. I ha- I pay yeah. the the Apple Care Plus fee. I will pay the fee to get it replaced if it's a hundred bucks or whatever. Fine, I don't care. I'll do that. Like those, I want to show off the damn color. Yep, yep. <sighs> uh, all right, so we will we'll see how that. Uh, What's your I, dream color? Let's let's <laughs> say Apple surprises you, Christina. They're listening to the show. They they. I mean, is it rose gold? Is that what oh, you yeah. want to see? Yeah. Make a comeback? Yeah, if they brought rose gold back, like for real, for real. Like that would be. That I would honestly like, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, Taylor Swift is never looking at you when she's performing live. You know, they're never the people on the TV are never talking to you. You know, the senators are never referring to you when they're saying things which are, are is all accurate. To be clear, don't go and kill someone in Jodie Foster or uh, <laughs> attempt to kill someone in Jodie Foster's name. Like like these these are all very good things to take out. But I have to say, if they brought back rose gold as like an actual colorway on the main iPhone models, I would be like, OK, that that might have something to do with me. They yeah. would be talking to you directly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. For me, I want them. I, I, so like there is a very, very special uh, uh, color Ferrari. It's called Rosso Corso. Like when you think yes. of a Ferrari, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Like McLaren has their own like burnt sienna color, like this yellow of that. Uh, the Lotus Elise has like this very specific yellow color. I truly don't understand. Like Apple has made their own color, but it's like the most boring. <laughs> 
sorry, color, ever. Like, space gray, you want that to be your legacy? Like, Ferraris out there, like, coming with cool colors? You can do this, Apple. I believe in you. Yeah, Rosa Corsa is a beautiful color. Yeah. Like, that's, I love yeah, it. You know, I love yeah. it. I mean, maybe they'll have a, a red model, a print, and parentheses red model. Uh, yes, Project Red model. <laughs> yeah, Project Red model. Thank you. Um, all right, let's move on from the color convo. So sorry, sorry, just to just to close the loop, Simone, your color would be the, the that um yellow. I want them to bring the yellow. I mean, I want them to keep the gold, Is but if I for my fun yellow? color, I would choose what, yellow. What no, color? No, 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 it, no, it was like, it's it was kind like of like a. Describe it, Simone. It's like a um, the color of lemon ice cream, Ooh. basically. It's like a light, airy, beautiful. spring yellow, a beautiful lemony yellow. I'm looking at it right now. Yep, I love it. Um, I'm going to loudly snap my case back onto my phone. And you, Brie, what color would you, your like chosen Red. fun color Come on. be? I'm, that's my color. Red. Absolutely. I love it. We're All like the, the Powerpuff Girls up in here. We are. <laughs> we are. Oh, my God. We seriously are. Like, yep. Pink, yellow, red. Yeah, it's perfect. Or the the warm tone Powerpuff Girls, I guess. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about these USB C ports. What Brie, you made a, a little noise when I said there was discussion or rumors that it would only come to the Pro and Pro Max. Well, it, it makes sense. I had not heard that before you said it. So it's like, of course, Apple is going to do that. Of course, they're going to do it. Uh, unfortunately, my puppy Kaiju just chewed up my uh, USB-C cable today. Oh, no. So I will be buying uh, this expensive Thunderbolt cable that is also rumored for this. When this yeah, comes the out. context that I, I need to add, which I didn't mention in the top summary, is, of course, this has to do with the uh, EU, EU compliance, yep. uh, which we all disagreed with because uh, we think it's very silly that the EU has said that the lightning cable is uh, like anti-consumer it's you know annoying but i don't think that it's a big deal anyway we talked about that extensively on previous shows but i think that that for me complicates the issue of whether or not c would come to all the phones versus the top two but like being yeah. is legit so I, I, don't, I really don't know about this so so my thought is this i think that it might be that the thunderbolt speeds might only be on the top models right mm. and that but 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 the connector, because if they're doing this for a compliance reason, then I don't think that they can just change part of the models, right? Like I don't yeah. think they have that they I don't think they can get away with that. Um, what I could see them doing, and this would be annoying, and I hope they don't do this, would be that they could still limit <laughs> the even if you got a faster cable, they could still limit like the transfer speed on <gasps> the lower models. Oh my to, god. Like, to, to USB two speeds. Um that would be to be very clear, if they did that, that would be arbitrary and silly and like, like Evil. that would be trust bad destroying. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't go that far because I could also see Apple being like, "Well, we got to differentiate." But like, yeah, um, um, John Gruber wrote, I thought, a, a really good thing um, this week on Daring Fireball about his thoughts about how the um, ports might work about some of the you know the widely assumed you know switch to the mm-hmm. ports and and he he commented. Because he's experienced this too, and Simone, I'm sure you've experienced this. If you ever have shot any video, 4K video, on an iPhone, you know the hell that is getting that footage off of the iPhone. Yeah, like, it, like, like it is because if you try to, you think, oh, well, if I physically plug it in, that'll be faster. No, it won't. Actually, sometimes it is faster to send it over freaking wireless, which is insane. Yeah, and so, like, you know, we we need to have actual high speed. Um, connectivity options there, but... Can I add something to that super yes. quickly? So one of the things I really love on my phone, because I've really gotten into photography this year, and the iPhone is actually really good in a pinch. The thing you have to know is there's a sub-menu where you have to go and you can enable raw file format. Yep. And once you do that you can take all of your pictures into Lightroom and do all the Lightroom tricks. And if you've ever looked at a photograph and gone, wow, that looks really, really beautiful, it's because of a Lightroom pass. Um, Mm. um, So, But it's exactly the problem that you've said, Christina, because if I go out and shoot on this all day, first of all, if you're shooting on RAW on your iPhone, you're going to run out of memory fast. Those files are huge. And transferring it out, it can take forever. So 100% with you on that. I didn't even think about that, but you're you're so right. Yeah, no, this you could are. Be a, I mean, a great uh, life quality, li- quality of life update 
in other ways than just having the same charger for all the devices. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. And to be clear, I think they could have um, increased the speeds if they kept Thunderbolt as a connector years ago. They just chose not to. But yeah, I think this would give them an excuse. I hope that they don't um, keep the the faster speeds only to the higher models. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, I think that there will be a lot of people who are going to be annoyed that they have to buy new cables, um, people who haven't been following things, people who might not already have a bunch of other USB-C devices. But I, I actually think, like, I disagree with, with Grouper a little bit here. Like, he thinks that it's going to be more angry people than we think. I think that there will be fewer pitchforks than when um, it, the 30-pin switched to, to Lightning um, 11 years ago. I think that that was, um, you know, uh, a much, I think that outcry will be much I definitely bigger. agree. And it just, I mean, based on my own personal experience, like over, I, when this change f- was first forecast, I think I was like, uh, and then since then I've accumulated like my Nintendo Switch that USB-C charges things. the USB-C, yes. the iPad yeah. that charges the USB-C, the Steam Deck that charges with the USB-C. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think more people are likely to just have a USB-C cable line around than, than, yeah. year, than in previous I agree. years. The, the one thing that has also emerged, um, just to bring this up really quickly, is yeah. that there might be new like USB-C AirPa- AirPods. Here's what I'm hoping with oh, that. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that it's just a new case. Yeah. Because same. if it's just a new case then that's like 70 bucks and that would be an easy upgrade. And I'll be honest, even though I just recently had to buy a new pair of AirPods Pro 2s because I left some in a hotel and they were stolen and then um, I had to, you know, buy new ones. And, and look, that's that's the, it, it, look, the fact that I lasted this many years without ever losing a pair of AirPods is frankly astounding given the fact that I've lost so many pairs of Ray-Bans, <laughs> uh, which, which cost the same amount of money. So, you know, whatever, it, it is what it is. But I, even though I just literally bought a brand new, you know, pair, I would buy a new charging case in a second <laughs> if it could be USB C charged. Like I have in also a heard the rumor that this fall we'll see the case refresh and then potentially like an actual headphone refresh late next year, which I I also hope is true. Yeah, because if they, there's a case refresh, like that's the thing a lot of people don't know. Like you can buy the cases separately, so mm-hmm. that would be an option for people if you're like, hey, my you know, AirPods themselves are still great, but I don't like having to carry two cables oh, around. It would be really cool also if there were some kind of, I guess, a deal for people who are upgrading their phones yeah. this year. I mean, speaking as a person who may or may not be finally upgrading her phone, I just just you're, say you're upgrading a your phone who has this year. iPhones. I should. I really should. You know, it's you're, time. You're, you're due. You're due. You're, you're due. It's time. <laughs> Thank you. Let's move on. Unless, Brie, do you have a final thought about USB-C before we move on? No, just, uh, you know, I've been really skeptical about the uh, the camera upgrade in the iPhone every single year, which they 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 bring out. I've, I've really used my uh, camera quite a bit this year, and I really I have really strong opinions about the, the things that a mirrorless, a modern mirrorless can do, and the iPhone camera can do. And, and the mm. iPhone camera is better, just to be really straight with you, for 99.9% of people in 99% of situations. The only thing it does that is much worse is depth of field. I know that they try to cheat that uh, with some of the, the portrait modes where it's just doing a blur effect on it, and but it just doesn't compare to a, a good lens with the low f-stop. I, I think... I, I can tell you after using it this level for this long and truly getting some great photography this year, I really think like bigger sensor is not going to matter. The the three different lenses and the zooming isn't going to matter. They really need to figure out computational depth of field because mm, yep. that is going to be the, the moment that there is truly no reason to get a DSLR camera. So that's what you're most hoping for from from this model of phone? I don't know if they can't. It's really hard because if you understand low f-stops, like my lens that has a really, really good low f-stop, uh, 1.2, uh, you know, it's a $2,900 lens, right? Woo-hoo! So computationally, that's really, really difficult to cheat. And the sensor is also a lot bigger because it has to let a lot more light in. 100%. Um, but, you know, the pictures pop on an iPhone without a bunch of light room tricks so yeah, right um I, I i just i think that expanding that portrait mode to do depth of field even in limited circumstances is just far too gimmicky to to be anything real photographers can use practically hmm 
Uh, let's discuss uh, real quickly, I guess, then the name change, the potential name change for the Pro Max. Pro and Ultra instead of Pro and Pro Max, according to Mark Gurman. Um, I hope this one's true. Me too. I hope it's freaking true. Why yeah. why why did they have the Pro Max in the first Pro place? Pro Max Pro Max is literally like a Simpsons joke when it's when, a when, tampon when, brand. You know. <laughs> when, well no, well it, it is a tampon brand, but also like Max Power, like you know, Homer named himself that because he looked yeah. at the hairdryer. Like that's literally what it seems like. Pro Max is awful. Pro um Apple Apple um iPhone Ultra, like drop the Pro altogether. iPhone Ultra. I still don't love it. I still feel like it, it feels like very what not would the Apple. Other high end model B. If it were the if you if we drop oh drop the pro entire okay yes, not drop exactly. the pro model but drop the correct yeah, okay I correct. think that that is what I read that it wouldn't be the pro and pro ultra that it would just be the pro and the right. ultra I, I, yeah I, I'm, that's what I think too I I would just hope they I would hope. do that but yeah it, it's, <laughs> we never look, know <laughs> you never well I mean because we never thought they would do pro max because oh it's my God. silly. <laughs> Because it's dumb, but I, I I don't know. I do think I feel like if it's if it's iPhone Ultra, I still don't love that name, and it does yeah. feel like very like Tron in a in a, in a derogatory way, like uh, mm. in, in a not good way. Tron non affectionate. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Tron derogatory, but <laughs> I, I do think that 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 is better than than Pro Max. So I hope that it's Ultra. I don't know. I. It's not that I disagree with you, Christina, because I I agree it's it's better. It's that it introduces confusion across the line. Like the Ultra, um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but I got Frank one of the Ultra Apple watches, right? He he loves it. And like dudes come up to him all the time. They're like, oh, is that the Ultra Max? Like it's it's totally a dude thing in a way I've never seen. Um, um, I, I think Ultra to a lot of people means big in this context. And I, I just think it's confusing with the, the different sizes. Like the, the feature of the iPhone is it's a pro iPhone. Like it's got a pro camera on it. It's got a pro level battery life and a pro processor. I like, it's a confusing name, but it, it do you see what I mean? You're kind of conflating yeah. size with power. I guess. I mean, I would I would argue, I mean, I agree on the watch that Ultra is definitely the larger one. But I mean, if you look at like the Mac Studio Ultra, mm-hmm. like that's still a fairly small device, right? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I look, I think that a lot I think that the pro naming of uh, nomenclature has been really confused for a really long time. And I don't think that Apple has done a good job at all at differentiating um, where those uh, lines are, even, uh, you know, across different products and even within the same product category. So I don't know. Um, I'm not mad if they get rid of it. But to your point, you're probably right in that it's not necessarily going to erase any confusion. It would just be us being confused about different things. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I'm on this podcast and I have to talk about the iPhone with some regularity and I (laughs) could not tell you what the the difference between the Pro and the Pro Max is supposed to be because I can't remember. Oh, it's just the size. Just the size. Okay, it is just the size. All right, then. Usually, usually. (sighs) Uh, But but, but there are times when the, you know, the the S, the the, the bigger models have had differences. But yeah, right now it's just the size. Yeah, like power differences and battery and stuff. Okay. Ugh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to think about it. I I really don't. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about the other rumor about the Pro and Pro Max, possibly Pro and Ultra, that they will be more expensive this year. (sighs) I'm... this is what I'm, I'm so I'm not looking forward to. Yeah, yeah it's not going to be it's surprising. It's going to be a hundred dollars but... more. It is. I, 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 I'm not even mad about it. I'm like, yeah, everybody is taking advantage of inflation to raise prices. Of course, Apple will too. Yeah, got it. I guess my question for this, and what I'm most hoping for from this, is a really compelling, basic iPhone. Mm-hmm. Or a compel and or I should say a compelling SE refresh. And I would love, 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 love for that basic iPhone to not be freaking bigger than it already yeah. is. Because right. that's my main concern right now. Because my current iPhone 11 does not fit in half of the cute vintage purses. And by half, I mean all I of the cute vintage purses exactly. I have. No, and it's don't. really frustrating. And I'm not going to get a, a Pro or an Ultra or a Max, whatever, for just for that reason. Um, so the idea that I guess those bigger ones might be more expensive is, 
it's not surprising. It is it's kind of just a, a bummer, and it points to me to, I guess, unexciting futures for my options as a person looking for a, a small normal phone from Apple. <laughs> does that make sense? No, it does. And I hope I hope you I hope that they do continue to make like a, a smaller model or at least not increase it too much. Because at this point, I don't really know what the value is about going any bigger at the smallest size oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how could you already have these like two big, beautiful options? One exactly. of which I'm hearing now is bigger than the other. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I see no reason aesthetically no, or customer. I agree. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I'm a person who, like you, loves vintage purses and for many, many years was completely opposed to a large iPhone for a multitude of reasons. But namely, it won't fit in my bag. But I do have the giant phone now. Um, and, and the way that I've just came to terms with it, and I did this, this was a number of years ago. I just get a wristlet for my phone and I mm. just like come to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to carry two different things. Actually, that's a really great idea. That is maybe an interesting, um, but a wristlet really helps honestly. And just topic, even like, even yeah. if you don't carry it on your wrist, just to have something to hold on to and, you know. Like, when we do our like Christmas uh, episode or like when we're talking about maybe we should do a gift guide this year because I would yes. love to talk to you about Ooh. wristlets because uh, that, that might be my future. Uh, okay, Brie, any thoughts on expensive prices for the Pro and Pro Max being no, more expensive? No, uh, you know, it's uh, depressing, but probably inevitable. I agree. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's wrap up this by talking about this, I guess, action button uh question hmm. with the uh the pro and the pro max so replacing the sound toggle with an action button uh similar to the one that's on the apple watch ultra um i this 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 is interesting this would be like one of the i guess we haven't had any really big changes with the way that the buttons work on the iphone in a long time and a really yeah not since they got rid of the home button right like yeah, this would be the, this would be the first wow. big change because there's been a, a volume um not a volume but a mute switch yeah. um from the beginning now i would argue that the um iphone's mute switch has never worked correctly it has in my I because agree. in my opinion in my opinion mute means all sound meaning not just ringing but also coming out of the phone should be muted that that that's the way that i view a mute button should actually work and that's not how the apple um button has worked um which to me could make the action button interesting because i think that the theory would be it could be programmable, um, maybe even using things with Apple shortcuts. But the idea would be like, obviously, the main you know function, one of the default things would be press once is going to be a mute function. But if you tapped multiple times, you might be able to apply something else. And mm-hmm. it would be interesting if one of the actions you could apply to this action button would be, I'm going to mute all of my sounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, something that would be, yeah, a more like universal mute or something the, an option like it currently has where it's, I, I don't even know how to describe how it works like it's just so <laughs> at the moment you know it's uh yeah. so, some things and not all things uh, depending on context yeah um that would be really interesting and I, I would honestly like to have an action button although I guess I wouldn't if it just came to the upscale models because those aren't what I'm going for but I think it would be an interesting way yeah, to make but it, it more it'll come down personalized. the stack, right yeah in a few yeah, years you get it because because I mean that that's what happens with these things typically if, if they keep them around you know um, unless it's something like you know force um, a 3d touch and then they're like womp womp yeah, no, goodbye mind but yeah I think it would be an interesting way to just make the phone more personalized and customizable yes. and like a, a fun way for users to really make the phone their own and suit their own needs so mm-hmm. I think that this sounds kind of awesome if it does happen. I agree. I, I feel really strong that the rocker switch is flawed UI. Um, I'm a really mm-hmm. big believer in physical switches on cars and things like that. But I think for the iPhone, just holding down quiet, um, like down to make it go quiet all the way and up to make it go loud all the way, I think it's just more intuitive for people. And I think the problem with the the, the rocker switch from a UI perspective 
is it's so easy for that to get turned on or off and mm-hmm. you don't notice it and your phone stops ringing. Simone, you're you're not married, so you won't know this, but the <laughs> thing you fight about the most when you get married is your 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 partner uh, ignoring their texts when you're trying to get in touch with them, <laughs> especially if it's a dude. Uh, so um, Frank has done this approximately nine trillion times. I hate it so much. I almost want to like seal that part of his iPhone case off. And I... <laughs> I just I think it's like flawed UI design. So um, I say death. So this to could it. save yeah. marriages. It, it could. Mm. It could. Uh, Christine, have you experienced this at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Um, and so I, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think that this could be um, it's something that could definitely a save boon relationships. for society. We <laughs> could. It could be fixed. Um, before we move on from this topic, just uh, well, I would love to hear what everyone else is most excited for or hoping for. But I would like to briefly add that one of the potential updates to the Apple Watch, there's no huge changes expected, possibly a faster processor, but the Series 9 could come in pink. <gasps> that is what okay. I read. That's what I read. Yes. That's attractive. However... I don't like to get the aluminum ones. I only like to get like the the stainless steel ones, either in in gold or in silver. And that it depends on what um, case, what like what band I'm getting that year. So even though I'm very excited about a pink Apple Watch, I'm also like, if you're going to only bring it to the cheap one, then I'm not going to be able to get it unless oh. I buy like a second Apple Watch. And that's almost more insulting because it's like they're taking away your gold and possibly making a pink watch that you couldn't buy. Totally. So See, it's in a, fact a, targeting a, you directly. I was going to say instead of instead of you know like choosing me to to you know talk to me directly and say we're doing these things for you instead they're they're targeting me by by taking things away that I love. Yes. <laughs> so you need to get right with with uh, with Tim Cook. Figure out what you mm-hmm. did. Um, I know, Brianna. What are you most hopeful for from this event? I, just more colors. That's that's the main thing I want to see. Um, yeah, I feel like the Apple Watch is kind of stagnant uh, as a product, and the the rumors for it are not great this time around. Um, you know, I I'm one of the few people I truly love my Apple Watch. I, I wear it every day. I would turn around to go get it if I accidentally left it at home. Um, I, I think it's just an amazing fitness device and notification device. Uh, but it's also true they they have really done much with it. The oxygen sensor feature uh, kind of made a little bit of sense of COVID, but it hasn't really, you know, tracked out. I, I think it's a product line that needs a bit of a shakeup. All right. And Christina, what about you? Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, I, look, I think the USB-C thing is going to be the big thing I'm looking forward to because weirdly, because I always do get the pro model. Um, if I'm actually going to be able to have even if they're going to try to charge $100 for a cable to have fast transfers, which I, God, I hope people come up with knockoff ones cheaper, but whatever. <laughs> Even if I have to do that, like just the fact that I might be able to actually transfer my 4K videos or my raw photos and it wouldn't take a million years. Oh my God. Like that's actually like, that's a productivity boost thing that would actually help me personally. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also, I'm interested in seeing how again apple is going to talk about ai but without using the words artificial oh. intelligence because they don't like to use the words artificial intelligence but obviously ai is the biggest story of the year and i'm really interested in seeing what they are going to be um showing off in some of their um you know uh, announcements um building off of what we saw at wwc uh to to compare with those things um specifically with the camera stuff because i think that that's an area where they could actually do some impressive stuff if they if their AI stuff uh, is good enough because Google's is certainly better than theirs right now. But if Apple, you know, has been um, doing a lot of work uh, paired with their their good hardware, that could actually offer something really compelling and that could be exciting. That is a really good point. We should be on the lookout for Apple's conversations about AI and its role in AI because uh, we certainly will see more of that. Well, 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 this episode of Rocket is brought to you by HelloFresh. Yes! With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why it is America's number one meal kit. Uh, Does it seem 
like your family is hungry all the time, listener, guess what? You can add snacks, sides, and more to your mm-hmm. weekly HelloFresh order. It just become your mail-in grocery store. Simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 add-on items. Also, I, as we all know, fall is right around the corner. HelloFresh is prepared. They are ready in ways we can't even imagine. They're ready to help us plan the busy season of fall with tasty dishes that we can choose. You can choose recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay down, lay back, lay down, lay back, and enjoy the last days of summer knowing that dinner is covered. Say goodbye to the warm days with some warm meals from HelloFresh. They should add. They should add that. That's a good line. I did a good job just now. <laughs> yes, you did. That's very Brianna, good. Brianna, you're one of the busiest people that I know, mm-hmm. uh, and you enjoy cooking with with HelloFresh. Oh, Do you I have any it. recipes that you've used lately that you particularly enjoyed? What I love about HelloFresh is, depending on like how many calories I have left in the day, I can really think about it. And one of the best ones they have is this Cuban chicken that you can make. So it's a it's a chicken breast. Um, but you add all this fajita spice to uh, not just the chicken itself, but also the rice as you're cooking it, and you add a bunch of chicken stock on top of it, and then you get jalapenos, and you cut them into the round, and you put them and let them pickle in lime juice with a little bit of sugar, and then you make this uh, sauce that goes on top of it with mayonnaise and sour cream and a little bit of um, of um, uh, zest from the lime that you made. And it is this completely decadent, utterly delicious, fantastic meal with fresh tomatoes in the in the rice after you make it. It's only 610 calories. It is amazing. And then you make two things of it, and then it's lunch the next day. So I, I just, I, I, like, we have sponsors. I love all of them, but HelloFresh is by far my favorite one. That sounds freaking delicious. And so I'm good. hungry now. It's so good. <laughs> if that sounded good to you, listener, go to HelloFresh.com slash five zero rocket. That's the numbers five and zero, and use five zero rocket for fifty percent off plus free shipping. That is all lowercase letters H E L L O F R E S H dot com slash five zero rockets 50 rocket hello fresh america's number one meal kit go to hellofresh.com slash 50 rocket and use 50 rocket for 50 percent off plus free shipping our thanks to hellofresh for their support of this show and relay fm yeah, their soup is also so good you can just Freaking like love soup order it you can get like soup for the whole week and then oh it's so good Oh my gosh. Soup for a week is my dream. <laughs> it's probably the title of my autobiography as well. Is social media dead? A great piece in Insider today asks the question. So this piece mainly focused on Instagram, which I think is a really useful jumping off place for our discussion. So I'll talk a little bit about what they said about Instagram and then we can apply it more broadly. So the piece is recounting how basically... As we all know, because we were there in the early days of Instagram, the platform was really touted as a way to keep up with friends and family and share the minutia of your life uh, to, quote unquote, see the world through your second cousin's eyes, according to a former Instagram product marketing manager that they interviewed for the piece, which is a phrasing that I would just love to come back to. But later, because uh, I, I, I it's just a concept that I had never thought about before, seeing the world through my second cousin's eyes specifically. But setting that aside, as Instagram grew up, users began to second guess the sharing that had been completely second nature in the early days of the app. Uh, asking questions of what to post, how much to post, what filter should I use, what filters are cringe, are emojis cool or not, what do I say in my caption, uh, do I use hashtags in my caption, are hashtags cringe, uh, and specifically the popularization of filters, of which Instagram was just a massive, a massive part, leads down this road uh, to the place, the town where we are now, of highly curated and edited social content. Uh, the people interviewed in the piece were just users of the platform, uh, specifically like Gen Z users, as well as Instagram boss Adam Oseri, see regular users turning to stories and even more to DMs rather than posting on the feed for sharing content with their friends. 
the feed itself, as many have complained, including Kendall Jenner in recent years, uh, has been taken over by brand accounts uh, and or, you know, influencers who are posting highly curated, beautiful photos taken uh, on expensive equipment, uh, edited, possibly in Lightroom um, uh, to, you know, convey the most perfect image possible. Instagram is great for that now and also for cute animal videos. But the regular junk of our everyday lives feels more and more out of place there. So this trend uh, of turning to private communication, I think applies to a lot of other social media as well, um, as we see platforms like Twitter become further and further from what its core user base wants it to be, uh, and the rise of apps like Discord that step in as kind of a middle ground of private and yet public at the same time uh, where people can communicate or can engage in the community-based communication that they want. Uh, this is by no means a new conversation, I think. This is something that we've talked about on this show. We've mentioned it before, but the consensus seems to be growing more and more loud that public sharing as we know it, the age of public sharing, is kind of over yeah. Uh, what do y'all think about this? I, Christine, I'll start with you because this is something that you've talked about before. Uh, what was your reaction yeah. to this piece? No, I mean, I, I was I found myself nodding along with all of it and being like, yeah, I have found myself kind of and in some ways I, I find myself sort of being like I feel like I'm either on trend or like ahead of things before uh, things are written about because this was something that I, I've noticed about myself. I've noticed around about other people, even about my own posting schedule about people that I'm around even before, you know, Twitter X, whatever. Look, I'm not going to call it <laughs> X. I'm just not. Um, someone on Mastodon um, with a straight face said that if you call um, X, uh, uh, if you call Twitter, uh, if you refuse to call X, X, that that's akin to dead naming. And uh, that's an insane <laughs> argument. And I refuse to take part in any of that discourse. <laughs> dignify that. I agree. I wanted to dunk on it um, and I didn't um, because I've had other things to do. Uh, but uh, I'm going to duck out of the pod. But that kind of goes to my point. It used to be that would be the sort of like discourse and stupidity that I would dunk on on main without mm. any second question. And now I don't even like feel the pull me a poster's poster, like a real, truly, extremely online person. And so I do think I think there's something to be said for this is that we have these curated spaces. We have these different kind of interest points. We have these influencers and then we have our more private spheres, really our our, our DMs, our, our group chats, our discords, where we are more ourselves. And it's interesting for me, I think, especially as someone who was um, both a, a kind of a, a product of and, and to be very candid, like benefited exponentially from the sharing yourself and everything about yourself um, kind of, you know, era of, of millennial social media stuff mm -hmm. to look at the upcoming generations who are not doing that at all. And um, I, I I think there's something to be said there. It, it, does, it doesn't mean that social media is dead per se, but I do think it is very, very different. And I think that even if Elon Musk hadn't done what he did to Twitter, my relationship with Twitter right now, I don't think it would be what it is, um, uh, you know, um, just speaking for myself, I don't think that it would be as, as fraught as it currently is. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it would be different um, a year later. And um, I, I just noticed my own, like, per the way that I engage and the way I share on social media has drastically changed in the last year. Um, and and I, I've seen that along, you know, uh, even before uh, I did this, I've seen that along a, a bunch of my friends and people who have shifted away from those those styles. Uh, and mm -hmm. and it's, it's fascinating. I think that this is definitely a very uh, valid and um, a, a provocative question. And you know, I, I appreciated the article. I think um, I'm going to tie this in a little bit to politics. There is a trend right now that I think is really well-deserved where the, the fringe parts of the left are getting destroyed by literally everybody. Uh, mainstream Democrats are tired of them. Republicans are tired of them. And there's a really growing schism between the uh, progressive wing that, you know, say is serious about health care and the one that's really serious about going through everyone's tweets and screaming at them all day about it. I think that everyone is tired of this BS. 
I think mm-hmm. we've all seen the game. I think we've all been targeted by these forces before. And let's be clear, some sometimes it's got a point. A lot of the time, it doesn't. It's anonymous accounts that are doing this to take out their rage on people. And it's exhausting. And it's personally why I spend so much more of my day in group chats than I used to. I've got my queer group chat. I've got my uh, professional women group chat. You know, I've got my video game nerds group chat. Um, it's, it's, it's a way to express yourself and get the same dopamine hit of social mm-hmm. media without the constant risk to your reputation of some deranged jerk store out there taking everything you say out of context, assuming the worst intentions, and attacking you with it. And yeah, let's be really clear. Like Discord was massively ahead of the game on this. Uh, Discord is my most used app by far. And, um, you know, but it's the... It's frustrating because it's these these anonymous jerks that have broken social media to the point where I, I don't think I'm the only one on this podcast today that just is tired of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, like I follow a couple people on Twitter who no matter what they seem what they say, like no matter how innocuous they seem to get this pile on of yep. jerks. Um, which is something I know both of you are intimately familiar yeah. with. Um, and I, I I think that obviously that is so much worse for large accounts, but I think everyone has experienced that once yeah. or twice on a small scale and has kind of th- those like early heady days of connecting with strangers on social media have kind of given way to this feeling of like, uh, I can see the ways in which this thing that I'm going to say is probably just going to not be worth the trouble and why not just dm it to a friend instead there have definitely been so many times on you know even just like thinking about opinions that i have about tv shows where i go to start composing a tweet and then i'm like eh, do i actually want to say anything do i actually want to and i'm not even talking about like anything controversial just like the the mere act of just like putting words out there into the void is like how it's not that exciting anymore. Whereas the places that I can communicate with the people that I am friends with are more exciting. And, but I think that there, there is an element of this that like, it sounds super insular and like, Oh, we're all just going back to talking to our friends. I think the ways in which this interacts with larger social media has changed a bit in recent years. And that is really interesting. Um, Specifically in fandom spaces, I'm thinking like, Mm -hmm. I am on Tumblr, as we all know, I'm on Formula One Tumblr. And one of the big changes I've seen in recent years compared to my early days in K-pop fandom on Tumblr is now like, we're all on Tumblr together in the big pool swimming around together. But everyone, everyone, everyone has a Discord server with maybe like, five to 15 people and you know about it because they'll talk about it on tumblr publicly you'll mm-hmm. you'll find like oh these people the i know these 10 people that are all friends and maybe i'm friends with some of them but not friends with others i know that they're in a discord server together because they post about it they post screenshots of it maybe sometimes yep. or they just reference it um obliquely and that is where a lot of the the private conversation is happening. And that's where the good stuff is oftentimes. Yeah, that's where the good stuff is. So people are still like making friends and having meaningful interactions on social media, I think. But it's just it's just not being um, captured. It's just not being indexed. Exactly. And I honestly think that's a good thing. So Christina and I were both we went to a, online a panel on great. Monday um, where Caroline Calloway was talking about the internet. And one of the, I asked her this I question. Her. I asked her yes, this. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> about the up, the prevalence of video in, in modern social media, because we all generationally grew up sharing photos or, or written uh, posts on, say, LiveJournal, um, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. And kids these days, and I think this is maybe one of the exceptions to this, like, privatization of of online content, kids these days are growing up with video on mm-hmm. on TikTok and Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, and sharing copious amounts of video. And what does that change about the way that we curate our self-image online? Um, 
Where was I going with this question? Yes, I am not. I I feel very conflicted about that because I just I I know a hundred percent that I would be posting the most cringe garbage that you've ever seen in your life if I had had access to that when I was fifteen. So to me, the idea that there is also this return to privacy, especially in an age when we're not just being constantly like they're not just dangers to our privacy that come from like. <laughs> password leaking and 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 data coming out in like photos about where we are and where we're spending our money et cetera et cetera but also just like the information that we put out online um so i i feel like a return to privacy is to me a good thing maybe not like entirely a good thing but i i see it as a a trend that i am interested in and quite like i mean it can be it it also I, I do think there's a cost where the the public commons are so fragmented and unpleasant to participate in that everyone mm. is kind of retreating into their own bubble. I mean, one of the ways that, you know, frankly, um, some, some recent genocides have happened, it, it's been facilitated by these private group chats, right, uh, where things are happening and nobody can put a stop on it. Uh, there have been, um, you know, stories written about disinformation being spread through these kinds of group chats at the same time. So, I yeah. look, I think we all agree on the upside of this. Um, you know, Christina, you're a former journalist. Like, Simone, mm-hmm. you work in games journalism. And I think that if the the way for us to get articles out there and talk about it, if that is weaker and weaker and weaker for what ideas to get really mass audiences, I, I think that's a real significant downside. Yeah, I have to say, like, I'm of two minds of this. On the one hand, I do agree with you, Simone, that I think that it can be a good thing if we just retreat to more private spaces. And this is a pendulum swing that I've been expecting for a long time. And I'm frankly surprised that the public nature of what we did lasted as long as it did. Mm. Um, and And I do think this is a swing that will continue to shift back and forth as the decades progress. I guess my only cons- and so I don't have a problem with with things becoming more insular, more private, and and less indexed. I think what I I have more concern about is a. I do think that you bring up great points about how genocide and, and negative messages and things can be spread underground, Bree. I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. But if I can be just completely selfish, I think from like an archiving point of view, from like a cultural preservation point of view, about what we lose when these things that used to be public or used to be something that we could keep records of for the future no longer can. And and that does make me a little bit sad. Not that I want to be able to read everyone's Discord messages or anything else, although there there is a part of me that definitely would <laughs> eat that up. Yeah, because, don't lie. You, know, you do. <laughs> I, I absolutely do. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm like, yes, if you could just inject like a search engine and LexisNexis like into my veins, I would, I would yeah. do that in, in two seconds for sure. But I, but I think like putting that aside, I, I'm not arguing for that. I'm just saying like, I think that for personal conversations and one-on-one things, I'm all about that. But I think when we talk about like cultural conversations and movements and and things that happen, that I, I don't want those to happen on spaces that aren't at least being preserved. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is a really good side of it. And that's a part of why I'm, I think, so tickled by the the situation on on tumblr being what it is because it is right. to me the perfect balance of that and i, I don't I think that, that that exists in other places like we've talked before about the nightmare that is like game faqs happening only on discord versus mm-hmm. on on websites and with with archives and i, I think that there is you're correct a, a big Which is so dumb. loss and, 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 and even for like work stuff right like it's one of those things where people are like oh well things were in a slack well the slack had rules and and the 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 you know answers were deleted or I can't go back through that many archives right it's like why couldn't like you what just channel put are the they answers... pinned in what do I search exactly yeah it's, it's like why couldn't you put this in a wiki why can't this just be in a shared document that's public someplace like why can't yeah. this be on a website like come on yeah. um so I I think that it can go it can become negative to that point too yeah and I think game FAQs is a great point like you're like why like don't make me join a freaking Discord just so I can you know, figure out how to get to the next place in in a game. 
I love Discord, but I don't. I I also resent having to join a Discord for a very dumb reason, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's like when you make me install an app just to do one thing, and I'm like, <laughs> why? Off, let me use a website. <laughs> so so yeah, I I I I think there's pros and cons, but I I'm not surprised at all that the pendulum has swung. Um, I I I'm if anything, I'm just surprised that it lasted as long as it did for our you know public by default method. Bree, any final thoughts before we move on to what we're doing? No, I just, I don't know. I, I wish at some point we're going to have to have some reckoning with human nature in this, this, this lazy form of dunking on every single idea you disagree with for internet clout and rage and mm-hmm. all those things. It, it's just not healthy. And and for mm-hmm. me, as someone who works you know professionally in politics, it's it's not getting any policies passed. You know, we're we're not any closer to universal health care with this particular mm-hmm. policy. I I think it's coming. I, I think it's turning a lot of us into the worst version of ourselves. And I think it's really taking away from our ability to have public conversations. So I I can't blame people for retreating into private uh, message groups. I certainly have. I just wish, um, I wish platforms had been more proactive and we weren't here and the takes weren't constantly incentivized. Well said. Uh, let's talk about what we're doing this week. Christina, what are you up to? Well, um, as, as, uh, we were quoting Taylor Swift, August, uh, lyrics before, you know, um, this is, uh, the, the last dog days of summer. Uh, <laughs> I am in Atlanta right now, um, visiting my parents and my, my family. And so I'm just kind of like enjoying that because n- once next week starts, it's when, uh, my job becomes really busy for the next few months. So, yeah. uh, I'm kind of like enjoying, I, I know that summer technically asks last like two more weeks or whatever, but, uh, but this really is like the, the real end. And I'm just kind of like, okay, back to work. So I'm just sort of, uh, enjoying, uh, the last kind of moments of, of a reprieve before things start to get really busy. All right. Brianna, what about you? Um, I have a massive, massive project I'm working on at work. Um, it's going to be announced really soon. Uh, I'm very proud of it, uh, but it is also monopolizing my life. Uh, I have barely seen Frank for weeks now, so um, I am trying to get this across the finish line. Uh, so that's what I'm up to. Wish you luck and speed, both of you. Uh, we're streaming Starfield tomorrow because we're oh, being sponsored by out? GameStop. Yeah, I think it comes out tomorrow. So we're doing a little sponsor stream with GameStop again, which is going to be super fun. Um, other than that, I'm working on a video that's coming out tomorrow as well on the physics in Breath of the Wild. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and just continuing to plug away at the TikTok and the Polygon YouTube. How do you feel about Starfield? I haven't played it yet. Yeah. I'm going to be just going well, to dig into it tomorrow. It, but there are still opinions. Um, I, I guess. I can't I, wait. Personally. Yeah. yeah. I I have no opinions. <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling because I, I know things about it. And I know that I'm not supposed to know things oh, about it. So I don't it, have opinions because it. it's not out yet. <laughs> Fair enough. I will give you my since I cannot couch it. Yeah. Um, it it's, I'm not usually into Bethesda games um, just because they use so much procedural generation and the the facial animation is never good. And I don't think they hire environmental artists the way that they should. Um, but this particular game, um, the aesthetics of it are really, really interesting to me. And mm. the 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 premise seems it, it just it it's drawing me in in a way like no other Bethesda game has in a long time. So I'm I'm really hoping you're going to be well. playing. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna. I saw one of those uh, great videos of people imitating Bethesda NPCs on Tumblr today, and I'm gonna <laughs> drop it in WhatsApp. Uh, just because those videos never fail to put a a smile on my face. Um. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you liked it, I hope you will leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you are a Booster member, you're about to hear a bonus segment on building PCs. If you want to learn how you 
can listen to that bonus segment, listener who is not a subscriber yet, head over to relay.fm slash membership. You can support Relay Podcasts directly. Um, and you can also, it's like a, a tasting menu of your own uh, of, of podcasts that you would like to support. You can support us. You can support other people. Um, I would also like to say that Relay FM is running it its annual uh, fundraising drive for St. Jude Hospital to eradicate childhood cancer. It's in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, that is literally happening right now. I, I think it just started like la- this week, possibly. It runs through September 30th, so I will be talking about it again. I meant to mention it at the top of the show, but I forgot because I'm terrible. Um... They, oh, wow, they've, we've raised so much money so far, like overall, over all the years. Um, This year, the goal is $293,000, I believe. And since 2019, the Relay.fm listenership has raised in collective $2.2 million for St. Jude. Wow. So that rules. You can go to relay.experience.stjude.org, um, which is a link that I will drop in the show notes. Um, if you want to learn more about the stuff that is being done for like this whole fundraising drive, it's really cool. It's really fun every year. Like people do special stuff for it. So do go check that out um, and uh, donate if you can. And if you can't uh, share it with people, because that's the best way that you can participate um, to support these things, even if you can't donate. So thank you so much, everyone. And um, all right, we are going to be out. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 